the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. It's a Wednesday. Wow. Already. We're middle of the weekday. We're in the third day of uh, March. Know that a week from Sunday, we will jump forward on our clocks, which I'm all about. Just so the sun goes down, kind of. It's a fake thing, but it'll be light later in the day and i like that i, I wish they would just leave it there i haven't even thought about that I you know, man, that's, that's, you just got me excited yeah i wish they would just leave it there well when it when that happens spring is just right here and ready to go today it's supposed to feel like 72 degrees i'm gonna be out my gym this afternoon hitting the weights there you go let me get soreness out of my shoulder <laughs> For all of you that are watching, I got my first dose of the Pfizer vaccine yesterday. And look, I'm alive. He's alive. I am not running a fever. I'm feeling really good. So I think you you can get the shot and not worry about it. I am not an anti-vaxxer. Have never been an anti-vaxxer. If you're a baby boomer, I don't see how you can be an anti-vaxxer. I mean, we we literally got rid of polio, measles, small mumps, smallpox, all these other ones, and, and and I get all these people that go, but Dave, it took so much longer. It's the twenty first century, all right. It doesn't take as long. We don't have to inject eggs anymore. Thank God. I'm all about that. Well, you know, um, I've always said if if there's a I, you know, I'm not a big tinfoil hat person, but there's a, if there's a place where I'm a tinfoil hat person, is in the pharmaceutical industry. Yeah. I think there's a lot of cures for a lot of things that we have that they that they've hidden from us. Because, is that why you're still growing your marijuana plant? <laughs> no, I'm just. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Working at family council, doing that. Oh, <laughs> it was a joke, Jerry. Just so you know, just a joke. Go ahead, Ken. But uh, you know, I tell people, I said, you know, if you know anything about science, also, you know, this is a type of the coronavirus, and they've come out with a vaccine for it. The common cold is a type of coronavirus. Yeah. If you know anything about science, then that means that they could come out of the vaccine for the common cold. They're working but, on it. But what happens if it comes out? That row at the store with all the NyQuil, goes the Tylenol, away. all that goes bye-bye. Yep. I don't. I under, you know, I understand yeah. all we should, that. We should already have a cure for Alzheimer's. 
Parkinson's. We were there. I still remember being, reading articles when I was in junior high school about the leaps and bounds that within 10 to 20 years, we'd have cures for those things. Mm-hmm. But nothing. We'll see. You know, we'll see. So it could be that, you know, you can only put so many people on Medicare. You follow just, money. just a joke again. It's just a joke. Yeah. It's like yesterday. Somebody texted me yesterday. Said, I can't believe you said that. Yesterday, I was talking about uh, over at in Minnesota, in Minneapolis, that they had put razor wire around the courthouse and steel barricades and all kinds of stuff because the trial is coming up, mm-hmm. uh, the death. And I said, oh, it looks like the, the nation's capital, huh? <laughs> <laughs> it's the truth, though. It does. It looks like it looks mm. like in Washington. I can make a real... Bruce will be on today, and he'll mention that. Yeah, I can the make first a real she'll mean say. comment about Eliana Omar with those barbed wires because of how much she hates America. Yeah, well, yeah. Um, what can I <laughs> but I'm say? not going to. <laughs> no, we'll leave that. What do you think? I got this story right here. Amazon has uh, canceled the documentary called Created Equal, dealing about Clarence Thomas and his own words. Mm. This has been at theaters already, and people loved this movie. Uh, They said it was as good as the one about Ginsburg. Mm. And it's just uh, the justice talking about his life and, and where he came from and where he's at. Amazon has pulled it. Can't buy it at Amazon you anymore. You can't even buy it? Okay. You can't buy it, and they won't explain why. Uh, in the story, it says, Early last month, Amazon deleted the documentary film about Justice Clarence Thomas from its popular streaming service, titled Created Equal, Clarence Thomas in His Own Words, called for more than 30 hours at interviews with the subject. film recounts Justice Thomas's rise from poverty in segregated Georgia to Yale Law School, eventually to the Supreme Court. Sounds like to me it's a great story of pulling yourself up basically by your bootstraps. Along the way, viewers learn about the justices' views on race, religion, politics, and the race, uh, the role of the judiciary. Abigail Shear, uh, who knows a little bit about being canceled, uh, says just one book, just two films. How many ideas and accounts and viewpoints will Amazon have erased before we recognize the problem? Because we've got a big problem. Yeah. What do we, what do, we do about this, kid? I look. I, I I listened to the president, the former president's speech at CPAC. He mentioned the states. What can the states do to big tech? I mean, there has to be some some sort of large enough penalty just because they're you know you if you if you find them it'll just be a line item because they make so much money oh yeah uh and there has to be something similar to what they did to at&t back in the day when they broke up everything we had like singular and some really weird uh uh, uh, uh cell phone services and it has to be something similar to that big big enough to that to to prevent them from from doing stuff like this um because somehow they're really good at cancel culture and not to say we should participate we should we should make sure that we there's a level playing field a fair playing field we should be fighting to keep things 
open. That's right. That's what we should That's be right. fighting about. That's right. And we don't. We will. The uh, Republicans will say some speech. And then that's it. Or they'll file something when the Democrats are all in charge and say, well, see, the Democrats are in charge and never going to pass. But they don't they don't file those same bills when the Republicans have the majority in both chambers. That's that's, you know, as a Republican, that that's where I get angry. Yeah, I do, too. Uh, You know, file all these bills all you want when the Democrats are in charge. Why don't you file them when the Republicans are in charge and then pass them? That's right. And then pass them. What a thought. Yeah. And with the whole Clarence Thomas thing and the left and Amazon, let's just be honest. It's a black man who is conservative and his story doesn't fit their narrative. Well, if, his story fits their narrative. Him. His ideological thoughts don't fit that's right. their narrative. So it doesn't matter what his story is that's when, right. when he's growing up. I mean, because, ca- because he came yeah. up picking cotton, folks. Yeah. Come on. If you're conservative and you're a minority, they don't care about you. That's right. If That's you're a, right. Yeah. If you're a woman and you're a conservative and you're pro-life, they don't care about you. You're right. They don't care about equality Absolutely. and feminism then. Just, I got to tell you, man, yeah. there's a lot of things happening right now, and I told people it was coming. People didn't believe me it was yeah, coming. Same people, here. people who told me, I'm voting for Biden, I said, why? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I would yeah. look at them shocked. Yeah. No. Why? Well, I'm, I just don't like the way Trump does business. Okay, but what he wants to do business yeah. with is pretty doggone yeah. for, for good for our country. And now they're complaining. Yesterday we talked about with the Bible guys mm. about how the new Equity Act mm. yes. uh, doesn't come, fall yeah. under RIFRA, which means your church can be attacked now because of what they teach. Well, and it, and it's the fact that you know when I when during the election when I was out campaigning for other Republicans and the presidential race came up, I said, "You're not voting for Biden. You're voting for Kamala Harris and her goons and the people <laughs> that are going to puppeteer Joe Biden." If yeah. you follow politics at any any point in time in the past ten years, Joe Biden is the shell of the man that he was. And when he was in a shell of the man that he was, he wasn't much of a man then either. <laughs> that's I'm true. just saying. I mean, that's true. But at least he could think for himself. No, you know, even, they, even though it was, they, it was they look, goofy. look at his speeches and all the people he stole. Well, that's from. true. I forgot about the whole plagiarism <laughs> thing. Yeah, I mean, come on. Yeah, it's just amazing about that. It really, really is. It's yeah. amazing. But you know, there's so much that has been just going on in the past month that just just made me angry. And and you know, for those that don't know why i've been gone for for the past month you He's know been a sick puppy. yeah i had COVID 19 double pneumonia went to the er twice <laughs> and i know a lot of your listeners reached out to me and well text or what or or facebook and prayed for me and all that stuff i'm so so thankful so if you're listening now man god is good so how many days were you in the hospital well i actually went to, uh, my hospital and i will be going to some we were having some Uh-oh. issues Uh-oh. uh because <laughs> i went the first day and they kept me and then was sent back and then i got worse within 24 36 hours and went back and they should have admitted me uh for the duration and they didn't thankfully my sister convinced me to go to the sick clinic uh and actually when I, I bought went and bought and delivered flowers to that doctor uh, last week and i told her she saved my life yeah yeah she saved my life because our our hospital is where you you know where 
You know, they didn't help me. My pulse ox was under 90%. And they didn't admit me. They, she, they, my doctor showed me my lung picture. There was no black. It was all white. You know, you're supposed to see, for those of you that don't black. Uh, so black, because you used to see, see through your, yeah. your lungs. Nothing. It was all white. And like a big cloud in it. Yeah. Yeah. It was bad. Yeah. And, and so, the, you know, hospital is going to, yeah. Going to hear from you. Okay. <laughs> but I'm blessed to be here. But God God is good. All right. 17 minutes after 6. Ken Yang is here. He's the big boss down in uh, Saline County for the Arkansas Republican Party. He is the county chairman. Yes. And it's good to have him on Thank the air you. with us. Good to see him again. We've been working on getting him back, and here he is. So we got a lot, a lot to talk about today. I mean, a lot to talk about. Don't forget, in the 7 o'clock hour, we'll hear from Congressman French Hill. And then we'll hear from Congressman uh, Bruce Westerman. Uh, Congressman Westerman has a new act out called the Voter ID Act. This is totally different than H.R. 1, believe me. And we're going to talk about that as well uh, with Bruce. So that's all coming your way. Don't forget about St. Clarity Residential Cleaning. I've been ballyhooing their uh, greatness for a couple, few months now, about three months and they are good. When they say deep cleaning, they mean deep cleaning. This is not they just come in and they run, uh, you know, a swifter over your floor and uh, and then uh, mop it and do a little moving of dust around. No, this is a deep cleaning. When they get done, you will you will be able to just go take a breath. And you go, oh, it smells clean in here. All right, you can get that done. And the uh, materials that you d- d- uh, use do have an effect on the COVID-19 virus. Keep that in mind. I can save you money on it. Typically, if you got a home that's uh, 1,500 square foot, it's going to cost you 200 bucks. But if you call 404-6560 and talk to Chuck after 9 o'clock, he'll sell you a certificate that's good with St. Clarity that's 50% off. So only a hundred bucks get your house clean. That's a good deal, folks. If you if you've ever really cleaned your house, you know that's a good deal. Now, if you have a house that's between fifteen hundred and twenty five hundred, it's usually three hundred dollars. I can get you a certificate for one fifty. Again, all you got to do is call four zero four sixty five sixty and get the great cleaning that's offered you from St. Clarity Residential Cleaning. All right, we continue. Ken Yang is here. He'll be with us this hour and the next, so he gets to talk a little bit to Congressman uh, Hill, Congressman Westerman as well. He's well-liked by both of those gentlemen. And uh, big news coming out of Texas and Mississippi yesterday. Uh, Abbott from Texas yesterday announced that Texas is now 100% open, everything, and Mississippi is the same. Yes. I uh, went out to a restaurant slash bar type place, I won't name where, with a friend yesterday. Okay. Packed. And for those that didn't think that all these directives didn't affect people, it was, it, when I saw that, it was just like, this is why we needed to stop this nonsense. This is why people were struggling. And it was so nice to see the place packed 
And seeing people you probably hadn't seen in yeah, a while. Yeah, seeing people yep. I haven't seen in a while and seeing these people, you know, they're, they're, they're make, they're, these businesses are going to start making money again. And hopefully they can stay open, catch up, however yep. you want to see it. Yeah, well, did you hear they said that in California, nearly 50%, 50% of small businesses have gone out of business. 50%. Well destroyed people's lives i mean just that's right blew them up that's right yeah that's what they did to them but that's that's where that's where some of these government officials that have never had a small business before never had to struggle before they don't understand they don't understand the ins and outs of a small business and they prefer to listen to big big business uh, over anyone else on a uh, twitter account it said, those in Texas and Mississippi who are upset with their state opening up are welcome to move to California. The panicky governor of California, Gavin Newsom, facing a recall, dubbed the Texas decision absolutely reckless. <laughs> Look, this is, this I wish, is the thing. Unless you're watching on on Facebook, you can't see Ken's face. And <laughs> That was a great face, man. I love that one. This is the thing I tell people. I said... I almost died of COVID-19 in yeah. February. And I've known people that have died. You've known people that have died. Yeah, my brother. And, yeah, that's right. But I was also telling someone, I said, as, as scared as I am, as as, as much as I, I'd say, I never want that again. 10,000% worse than anything I ever have. For the people that have never had it and said, oh, it's probably just like the flu. If you get a severe case of it, you'll be saying, sign me up for the dang flu yeah, any day. Give me that shot. Yeah. And I'm so, ready. Yeah. And so I get it. But at the same time, being pro-liberty, being a conservative, being a Republican, normalcy has to happen. It, it, this, is, this is something where there is a high survival rate. Yes, we don't want anyone to die uh, ever of anything, of cancer or whatever. Even if you're 80 years old, your chances of dying from it are only like 3%. Yeah. And so we don't want anyone to die. I don't want my parents to get in to, to die. No, no one wants that to happen. And but normalcy has to happen as yep. it always has. Get back in American history or in international history when we've had some sort of disease or whatever. We don't get stuck in this thing. Let's have directives. Let's have masks. There's always been something new. We just haven't, and most people just haven't experienced it in recent history. But there's always been something new, and you have to go. You have to go back to normalcy. Yep. Yep. I mean, we did after the bird flu. Yeah. Bird yep. flu. That's right. Do you remember when the bird flu first uh, yeah. came? Oh my God! Half the world's going to die. Yeah. Didn't happen. Typically, doesn't happen. I have all kinds of faith in science. Yeah. I really do. Yeah. I mean, it's not my God by any stretch of the imagination, but I will say that. I'm glad that I live now than living 40 years ago. Because I'll tell yeah. you right now, I wouldn't be here right now if I yeah. had if I had some things happen to me That's right. 40 years ago, like five way open heart surgery. That's right. My dad's uh, 74. He he shared some story. His mom died when he was nine of ovarian cancer, and that's what you know. Almost sixty, almost sixty, yeah, sixty years ago. They or probably something. could have saved your life now. Yeah, that's right. And so, you know, he 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 was telling me when I got really sick, and you know, they're they're not in the state right now. 
And, uh, you know, he's always said this, not, not, not when I got COVID, he's always said this, you know, you got to, when you get something, you got to deal with it. I don't want you to die. Yeah. But if that's the, the if that's God's will, then, then we're, we'll deal with it. We'll go down that road. And he's always said, I don't want to die, but I'm not afraid to die. Yeah. And, uh, uh you, we're going to have to deal with some of these things. And I, and like I said, I, I, we have had friends, like I said, your brother passed, um, and I'm not I don't want to see any of them put in the grave, but there, there, but the, there, there will always be something, and to allow the government to control our lives uh-uh. is absolutely ridiculous, yeah, ludicrous. It really is. And for you who think I'm stupid because I've got the shot, well, that's fine. Think that, and I don't, I don't care. But it's my liberty that allows me to make the decision whether I want to get the shot. That's or right. Not. Stop judging folks for things that you don't want to do. If Wayne, you are Wayne pro, Beach posted on my kind yeah. of thing about if you freedom. Are, and if, yeah, if you are pro-liberty and pro-freedom, then allow other people to be pro-liberty and pro-freedom instead of judging them for the decisions that they make. That's their decision. I love it. All right, we got to get to the news. Ken Yang's here. He's all fired up. He hasn't been on about four weeks. He's fired up today here on the Dave Ellswick Show. Uh, we'll be back. The phone line, by the way, 823-0965. If you want to join the conversation, you may do so right now. Ken Yang is here. He is the chairman of the uh, Saline County, uh, Arkansas GOP. Good to have him along with Thank us you. on the show today. And uh, on the phone, Roman joins us. Roman, how are you? What you got, my man? I'm blessed. I'm enjoying the uh, coming of a beautiful day, but I cannot, I cannot lay aside here the fact that back in November an atrocity happened in this country. Okay, I think it's great that the various GOP uh, personalities from the different counties are being uh, given time to look at the future. But I'm curious: Do you guys ever network and still look at what? possible means of reproof over what has taken place uh, can be undertaken aside from continually praying to God for guidance. Are you talking are you talking about Pulaski County specifically? I'm talking about our country as a whole because what affects our country affects us. Okay, well, Pulaski County or Garland County, or yeah, let let Ken talk you know. about what they're doing here in the state because the state controls the election. So, what's going on? Ken? Yeah, they shouldn't they shouldn't control the election machines. Those machines should be thrown in the river, and a, a ream of paper and some number two pencils gotten <laughs> out. It should be left up to the locals, and I'll be quiet. I'll hang up and listen. All right, Thank you. sure too. And by the way. Stick around later, yeah. <clears throat> uh, Roman, when Bruce Westerman's on. He's got the Voter ID Act that he's uh, bringing forth in the Congress today. It doesn't have a chance in Hades, but it's, yeah. you know, because yeah. the, the Democrats control it. And uh, that is because of the voters of this country in their ignorance. Look, um, <clears throat> as someone who's uh, uh a consultant to American Dream Strategies, uh, shameless plug, uh, and, and uh, uh, 
and the Saline County GOP chair, you know, we've talked about this. Uh, there's and then that works at the state capitol. There is a, a huge legislative package. I think many of the bills have already been filed or will be filed when it comes to uh, voter fraud, machines, the electronic voting. Blah, blah, blah. There's some competing, some bad ones. There's some really good ones. And Lowry's you know, got a good one. We'll talk yeah. about that in a minute. And uh, and to prevent future fraud, I think you know there, there there are some. Unfortunately, some people that have emailed me and they've quit the Saline County GOP because of the election, everything that happens. I said, when you if you're going to go home and sit in your hands, what's going to happen is what happened in Georgia. You get two Democrat United States senators, and, we've, and we've had that before yeah. here. Yes, not too and that, long and that's ago. That's what's going to happen. And so we have to look to the future and make sure in all these states. That have Republican legislators and hopefully Republican governors and make sure that they also go and do um, the same legislative package things that we're doing here in Arkansas to prevent future fraud. Yes, man, it sucks what happened in November and you know, we're still angry. People still don't think Biden's a legitimate president, but we got to move on and just and and actually address the problem. Someone said we got to address the fraud before the fraud actually happens, because complaining about it afterwards, obviously, as we've seen, doesn't do anything. No, it's not the best. Reaction is not the way you should yeah. do it. It and should so, be proaction. So, yeah. So, Ronald Francis in Saline County, uh, actually, last month, someone made a motion to say, "Hey." We need to reach out to all of the state GOPs in this nation and just let them know, like, it's time to do something. And we passed that motion. We're going to write a letter to them. Probably most of them will go in the trash when they get there. But, you know, we need to be proactive. The state party needs to be proactive, and they have been. And they have. Janelle's been appointed, I think, on the Election Integrity Committee on the the national RNC. So they are doing stuff. And uh, and people need to be positive and and work hard because guess what? While people want to fold their hands and get angry about Trump not being president, the liberals, the left, the socialists—they're on the move because they're empowered about by what happened there over there in the state of Georgia. They're they're working and they're working hard. Uh, I don't know how many people realize, for instance, the human rights organization—is that what they call themselves? Human rights campaign. Campaign, yeah. yeah. They have a field office here in Arkansas. Yep. They're they're working. They're working behind the scenes to get things changed. They're working to see more things happen, like uh, the act that uh, just passed on the House side that uh, does not come under the auspices of RIFRA, the religious law that says that you can you have right to conscience. Uh, that doesn't apply. Uh, to this new piece of legislation, which, and we talked about this yesterday, and I had Scott on from uh, Agape talking about it. He didn't realize how bad this piece of legislation is. It's got to be stopped in the Senate now, and the Republicans can. Let's tell Bozeman and Cotton, I don't think you have to tell them too hard, yeah. they're going to vote against it. Yes. It's going to happen. That's going to happen. Yes. So just, just keep that in in mind yeah you know but there's things that are happening ken because we have allowed it to happen however when you look at elections you got to be pragmatic about this and understand that constitution says elections shall be carried out by the states that means 
if you're a Republican right now, that we should have the strongest, most unbreakable, uh, you know, laws on the books for voting. That's right. I mean, Lowry has got a piece of legislation that's out there right now that I really, really like. It's great. We all know about voter ID, that yeah. you got to show an ID. Yeah. However, most people don't know that if you show up and you don't have your ID, you can sign a form that says, yeah, I'm this person, and you get to vote. That's right. That just short circuits it completely. Yeah, even applies on your absentee ballot that you get in the mail. Yes. There's a little section you can just sign. And they're trying to do away with that, and yeah. rightly so. If yeah. you're going to have a voter ID, have a voter ID. Yeah. That's right. So... Uh, I think that will pass, in fact. So I believe so. It will yeah. be very those are interesting. Things, those are things happening, and those are things that, uh, you know, when it comes to election reform, whether it's in this state or other states, we know the liberals the, typically t- have, have the media, and uh, you're not going to hear about it. You know, you're going to do some research, talk to your local legislator about the about the changes and things. Um, in regards to the machines, um, you know, I've worked at the Secretary of State's obviously for the machine when they test the machines out and i know people some people don't like the machines i personally prefer paper ballot but they test the machines out prior to the election and it's the the county clerk notifies the public you can go and watch them test the machines be a part of the process be be there to you know figure it out and what they have transparency and they got transparency and as mark martin uh i think said posted on facebook one time zero people show up zero that's right so start showing up to those things start 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 being start being more involved and stop you know just reading stuff uh, on facebook yeah instead of showing up for that why don't you show up for your school board meeting now, that's not directed at you roman i know what you do <laughs> uh, that's directed yep. at a that's lot right. of people who they talk a good game but they don't walk a good game you know, if you're going to make the talk, you got to walk the walk. All right, I've got uh, Steinbach. He's going to join us when we come back. i got to get the last break in. Ken Yang's with me for the rest of the show. A lot of good things coming from Ken as well. I didn't know they sent out a letter to all the other, you know, local party officials saying, hey. Well, that's got- just silly. Uh, I know that, but yeah. still, it's important. They're doing what you're supposed to do. You have to understand what you can control. When it comes to elections, you can we can control Arkansas. So let's make Arkansas the picture-perfect poster child for what a great election looks like. Yes. And uh, let's take care of Pulaski County and clean that mess up. Hey, PI Roofing, don't forget about it. They will take care of your roof for you. They do mine, and they've done a fantastic job. We had a little bit of a problem when they did my roof. Uh, I came back the, the next day from work, and I was driving up. And I go, man, that looks weird. And it looked like it had waves on it. It looked wavy, and I didn't know what was the problem. So I called PI Roofing, and I said, hey, my roof doesn't look right. And they said, well, what's it look like? And I told them, and they said, okay, we know, the, we know what happened. We'll be out there tomorrow, and we'll fix it. And they did, and it didn't cost me a penny. It was uh, the felt. The felt went wacko or something. So they fixed it. No charge to me. Did the, the same great job that they had done the first time. Cleaned up after themselves. I wouldn't even know they had been there if I hadn't known that they were coming. And uh, and my wife said, yeah, there's people on our roof. And I said, yeah, that's PI roofing. They're taking care of the thing with the roof that we had. So they did a good job. They'll do a good job for you. 
Now, I'm going to give you a phone number. This is like, uh, this is a number I use. So this is a really important number. Everybody uses this number. 707-3551. 707-3551. You'll get the same treatment I get if you call that number or visit them online, piroofing.com. All right, Rob Steinbach. How you doing, brother? I'm doing well, my friend. How are you? I'm doing fantastic. I got my uh, first uh, injection yesterday of Pfizer's. Uh, uh, oh, fantastic! You know, uh, COVID nineteen. Yeah, the the vaccine. Yeah, and it's my 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 right shoulder is a tad sore, but nothing. Which is ma- really odd because you got it done in the left arm. But let's put that yeah. aside. Thank you very much, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> anyway, I uh, I'm I'm feeling really good. I didn't even run a. When I get flu shots, I run a low grade fever for a day. My dad's I'm not. Mm-hmm. I'm not doing that at all. I feel really good. Awesome. I'm going to get rid of the uh, the uh, the soreness. I'm just. I'm going to work out in the, my uh, Ellswick gym in my garage today, since it's going to feel like it's 72 degrees outside. So I'm going to get out there and, and get at it today and, and just wear it out. But uh, yeah, it's supposed to be 80 percent effective now. I'm. I'm 80% there. Yeah, after the first shot, right, yeah. and then the second shot brings you up to 95-ish. Yeah, right. 20, 23rd, I get the second shot. Go in there. And they did a fantastic job. I got yeah. mine for everybody. See, here's the thing. For all of you people out there giving the shots, would you advertise with me so I can talk about your giving the shots? Because you can't find out where the shots are being given at. Correct. All right, mm-hmm. I just happened... Happened to have somebody that was on the phone with a friend. I heard their voice. I said, what are you doing now? Because I knew they had left. Well, I'm taking care of setting up the shots uh, for COVID-19 for uh, St. Vincent down at their uh, clinic. And there's a couple other places as well. But I went and got it down on South University. And I said, really? She says, yeah, you want to get one? I said, yes. She says, 1210 tomorrow. Mm. That's hilarious. Yeah. Everybody should know about this. So That's you right. can show up if you're in, in the parameters, and I'm over sixty-five. You know, you wait. You are. Yeah, I am, man. I know. I look like I'm still twenty-five, but yeah, I am. That's I'm right. I'm, uh, I'm sixty-eight now. All right. On radio, you look like you're still 25. That's, that's it. I love it. That's exactly right. On radio, I still look 25. Uh, exactly. <laughs> uh, Rob, of course, is a law professor over at the Bowen School of Law. You couldn't tell from the conversation, but that's right. Yeah, our. Or his his opinions are his and his alone, and not necessarily those of Bowen School of Law or the the university. All right. With that disclaimer, let me ask you: What's going on in the uh, state senator about freedom of speech? So, Dave, you recall two years ago, the uh, legislature and the governor signed. Let's say it passed, and the governor signed <clears throat> what really was the Dave Ellswick free speech on campus bill. And the reason I say that, I'm not trying to give inappropriate credit because you had been talking about it for at least two years prior. You started talking to state senators and representatives prior to any introduction of a bill. I'm not saying nobody else had some similar ideas, but you started the impetus in Arkansas. There really can be no dispute about that. That bill passed like 99 to zero in the house and similarly large margin in the Senate and the uh, um, governor signed it. So Dan Sullivan said 
uh, as you know, as your audience knows, <clears throat> he's a state senator from Jonesboro. He was the rep. He beat the uh, the in a primary. He beat the liberal Republican uh, Rep- Rhino, uh, and now John he Cooper. is a strong, yeah, uh, John Cooper, and he is a, um, a strong conservative. He's done a number of conservative things already, uh, to some chagrin, uh, to some of the more establishment types, by the way, and so. He said, we need to continue our forward momentum, slow, methodical, orderly, but keep moving. Because if you don't move forward, Dave, you move backwards because everybody else passes you. Right. So That's right. it's like stand, standing on a street and the cars go by you. Effectively, you've moved backwards. So he said, let's come up with two modest proposals to move the bill forward. One. The, as you may recall, the, the, what, was, what is now called the Forum Act from two years ago said outdoor areas, no little free speech zones, basically all of outdoors. You can set up a booth, hand out flyers, et yep. cetera, et cetera. So he said, let's move that indoors, but only to select areas, only to common spaces. Uh, and then the second thing is let's expand the idea of academic freedom and put it in a statute and say, this applies to the folks at school. So so you're talking to, to professors and people like that. And students. Okay. Really, professors and students primarily. Uh, and then I'll tell you in a moment how we made sure that's clear now. So ASU shows up. Uh, their attorney shows up. And they say, what a big surprise. Uh, well, we've got some problems <laughs> with the bill. Now, remember, ASU is in large measure the reason we have the first law, the Forum Act, because ASU wrestled some 17-year-old girl to the ground when she tried to hand out uh, turning point information, that is a conservative organization, outdoors on campus, because God forbid she didn't get the stamp of approval from the administration ahead of time. Mm -hmm. She sued. By the way, it's not so easy for a 17-year-old girl, and I don't know if she was 17 or 19, by the way, but it makes the story sound better with 17. Uh, <laughs> not so easy to get a 17-year-old girl to find an attorney to go out and sue a university. But she did it. She did it. And then we passed your bill. That lawsuit continued, and it all got resolved. So now two years later, they're like, what? Problems? Us? Who? Yeah, you. You, ASU, that's who I'm talking about. And so now they say, well, uh, um, we don't know of any further problems. Nobody else has filed a lawsuit. Well, you mean you haven't found another 17-year-old girl who could shell out the money to find an attorney to sue you? Really? Really? That's the measure by which you tell if there's a problem or not? By the way, one of the... One of the Republican members on the committee made a similar claim. Well, have there been any other lawsuits? Really? That's how you measure it? You got to wait. You got to wait until there's a lawsuit. Right. Or here's an idea. You're getting paid to sit your behind in that seat as a representative. How about being proactive? How's that for a crazy idea? How about being proactive and fix a problem before it manifests in a lawsuit? So. We, so they get up there and they say, well, you know, there's a problem. The way you've worded this, it's not clear if hallway, you know, we're moving. One of the ideas is you move indoors, right? Right, right. Um, uh, so he said, it's not clear if that would cover hallways. 
and it could be disruptive. Now, there's a provision in the law that says you can't be disruptive. But fair enough. Let me give him a little credit. Maybe the language wasn't clear on whether you could have a uh, protest or whatever you want to call it, hand out flyers in a hallway. And that might interfere with people getting to class. Hmm. Let me think on that. And then it's sort of like when the clock rings 13, because there is no 13. It makes you wonder about all the other times the clock rang, whether that was accurate. Then they go, and a commonplace could include a classroom. Wait, what? A commonplace is not a classroom. You can't walk into some classroom at ASU and say, hey, I'm just sitting here. Uh, the teacher says no, and if you protest, you know what the teacher does? He calls the cops. Yep. He calls the remove cops. you from so, the classroom. That's right. You know why? Because it ain't a common area. That's right. So every time you think they want to make a credible claim, they undermine their own credibility with hogwash, with nonsense. Okay. So um, nonetheless, it got it got defeated in in the in the um, uh, committee, well, it, but it's going to get brought back, right? Uh, that's right. But here's the thing. Uh, we didn't get a second from um, from um, uh, Eads, English, or Sturch, all Republicans. You know who openly opposed it? Elliot and Chesterfield. So what I can tell you so far is that the Republicans are following Elliot and Chesterfield. I know Joyce, by the way, very nice person, mm-hmm. complete leftist. If you want politics in Arkansas to be dictated by Joyce Elliott, keep doing what you're doing, because that's what happened. Well, you said you didn't want her to to be able to direct our politics because you didn't elect her as congressperson. That's right. That's, That's right. What it is. All right. So we'll do a deep dive on this on Friday yeah. when you're on, and Dan Sullivan may join us as well. So everybody can look forward to that between the six and seven o'clock hour of the Dave Ellswick Show on Friday. Correct? Absolutely, brother. All right. You have a good day. Thanks for calling in, bringing us up to date. Appreciate it, Rob Steinbach here on the Dave Ellswick Show. Rob spends a lot of time down there during the session, as does, uh, by the way, you know, I always, I I have fun with Paul Calvert, and uh, I call him my Old Testament prophet, but I will tell you, he is is there watching what's going on, and that's why he is part of my power panel on on mondays all right ken yang's here he'll be with us uh, as we come back uh, in the next hour we'll also be joined from washington dc this is what i love about our two congressmen from the second and fourth district they join us every week to talk about what's happening we're going to talk about 1.9 trillion dollars and uh, that's what the president wants to uh, bring through and by law through reconciliation we'll see what uh, congressman french hill has to say about that and then bruce westerman has the voter id act that he's going to bring forth he'll talk about that at seven thirty-five. that's all coming your way on the dave ellswick show
We are back. It's into the 7 o'clock hour now. And on Wednesdays at 7 o'clock, we spend our time in Washington, D.C. We're uh, joined by Congressman French Hill. And we're joined by Congressman uh, Westerman. Uh, Bruce and that uh, sounds and awful. French are going to be our time in Washington D.C. Yeah, well, they got to go. I'm glad that, <laughs> you know I have to visit once in a while. I haven't in a while, uh, but uh, you know, when you get up there, it, I just always feel greasy. Not when I'm around you know French or when I'm around Bruce. I get yeah. I get truth from them. Everybody else, they all, they're all playing their game. Seems like to me, of course. Way to go! By the way. You must be a really uh, great teaching uh, place for people in communications because uh, Jeff, who is with you, uh, Congressman, has moved up to Scalise. He's working with Scalise now. What was that all about? Well, let me let me tell you something. You know, when you have a fantastic staff, they're constantly being poached. Uh, <laughs> Steve Smith, who did fantastic uh, media work for yeah, me yeah. Uh, over the last couple of years, Steve went to work for the Republican conference, and now Jeff's gone to the Republican whip. I think we are definitely a training ground for the best and hardest working people on Capitol Hill. I, I think so. so. Yeah. I think so. Jeff is, was good. He was really, really good. Every Tuesday afternoon, I mm. would get a email from him saying, Okay, well, we're good for uh, tomorrow at uh, seven o five. And what do you think about these particular topics? And we would bounce topics back and forth. And uh, I could send him articles that I'd say, "Let the congressman take a look at this," because I know that you don't have time to read everything. So I'd, I'd send a, a you know an article or two, and we uh, we would talk about them. He just did a great job. He, you, you taught him well. As long as you don't let anyone poach Brooke, I'm good, Congressman. Yeah, I, I hear you, and I'm with you 100. percent I'll tell you. Yeah, NAF was pretty good for a Jesuit education. You know, I think it was all right. All right. Well, let's talk. The big story for you all right now is uh, the president. 1.9 trillion dollars uh, COVID relief bill, which doesn't do much with COVID relief. And uh, because they know that none of you are going to vote for it, uh, they're going to do it through reconciliation, which means they don't need one Republican vote to make it law. Why don't you explain to everybody how reconciliation works? Yeah, this is an arcane set of rules that was put in place to, quote, reconcile the budget in both houses of Congress with an eye of what? Well, cutting spending. It's a part of the old 1974 Budget Act. So the idea was that if you wanted to reduce spending, we'll make it a simple 51 percent vote over in the Senate. It won't be subject to a filibuster, thinking that would encourage the parties working together to cut spending. Well, over the past 40 years, it's been used to do a lot of things. And here, in this instance, it's talking about shifting $1.9 trillion into more spending and uh, a lot of other policy ideas that have nothing to do with COVID. As you say, it's only about 9% has to do with fighting the health crisis. Just as we're getting vaccines out, we're now talking about having, because of the Johnson & Johnson announcement, 100 million doses added to AstraZeneca and Moderna and Pfizer coming along. So 
we're moving great in vaccines. You see our governor is now considering to lighten up on closings because our health conditions are improving. And yet we're talking about doing this because we have to get the economy better off. It's just their timing is terrible. Yeah, I got my shot yesterday, my first one of Pfizer. I get my second one in three weeks, so I'm, uh, catch I'm this, Dave, done. Because, because people are fighting and pushing back, and the Republicans have done a good job. When we voted at uh, 2 o'clock in the morning the other day, we got two Democrats with us, by the way. So there was a bipartisan opposition to the Pelosi $1.9 trillion. With all the pushing back, about $140 million going to her rail uh, tunnel in oh, California connecting yeah. Silicon Valley to uh, San Francisco. Guess what? She pulled it. They pulled it out. Oh, did they? Yep. And this is the crushing politics over in the Senate because now you've got senators saying, man, the economy is reopening. People are going back to work. The vaccines are working. And Democrat economists are saying you shouldn't spend $1.9 Larry Summers, Treasury Secretary for and economic advisor to both President Clinton and President Obama says, look, it's six times too much money. It's not targeted. And that's the exact Republican view. And that's shared by the New York Times. It's shared by the Washington Post. But Joe Biden pursues this train wreck to the Senate. I hope the Senate takes strong action to rein in this bill, cut it back, target it. We'll see what happens. All right. So. Something else that's happened with this $1.9 trillion. They were going to try to mix in the $15 minimum wage into it, and the parliamentarian in the Senate said, no can do, and so it looks like it's dead. Right, and I think it will, I think in this environment it will stay dead. That won't stop the Democrats from running, again, a federal preemptive mandate on minimum wages across the whole country, no matter what your labor market looks like, no matter what the size of your business is. That's their policy. That's what they want. That's what the labor unions want. So they'll continue to push it. But again, on this budget reconciliation, what is that? That's a policy item. It's not cutting spending. It's not raising revenues. It's not, you know, costing revenues per se. It's true that You know, taxes are impacted by the minimum wage, but it didn't pass the parliamentarian test. I was glad to see it taken out of the out of the package. Just one less negative economic uh, aspect of the package. Well, 538 Nate Silver's uh, website says that Mm -hmm. you all should win in 2022 when the House back. If that happens, might you guys press to maybe make reconciliation a little more tougher from the House side like it is on the Senate side? Yeah, I think so. And let me, you know, we should really change the policy, frankly, in my view, and not let it be abused by either party. Uh, Republicans have used budget reconciliation to uh, reduce tax burdens on corporations and businesses, right? That's a good thing because it wouldn't be filibustered in the House. I mean, in the Senate, George W. Bush did that. President uh, Donald Trump did that. The Democrats have used it to push left-wing, giant socialist spending and policy packages. What did Pelosi uh, do the last time she had the speakership with budget reconciliation? She did Obamacare, which was a a colossal uh, misstep and failure policy-wise. Maybe a good idea in some aspects of it, but a complete failure. Why? Because it was crammed into 
budget reconciliation. I think the party leadership ought to really rethink this as a as a strategy and uh, also put some much clearer guardrails in just what can be used for budget reconciliation. I'd like it to be back to what it was. What was it? It was a way to find consensus on reducing the budget and reducing and also uh, formulating true budget priorities. All right. We but got not, to... not net spending more money. I agree with you. It's crazy. These people think that there's no end to the money we can spend, and there is. When it all implodes, they'll know that, I guess. I guess that's the only way they're going to figure this out. Our guest is Congressman French Hill. We'll come back. We'll talk more. Got to get a break in. Ken Yang is here as well in studio. He is the chairman of the Saline County Republican Party. He'll be joining us uh, for the rest of this hour as well. So get ready. He'll have a question for you probably there, Congressman. Awesome. I'm just glad Ken Yang is well and back up running strong. That's yeah. true. He is better. He is. He, he looks great. He really does. And and myself, except for having just a little bit of a sore right shoulder, no effects from my shot yesterday at all. I did feel my forehead a little bit, making sure third eye wasn't forming. All right. I was, <laughs> I, was, I, was, I, was, I was checking that out because there's so much stuff on the Internet. All right, let's get a break in, and uh, let me remind you, you don't have to worry about third eyes uh, when you're talking about Dustin Turner and selling your house, all right? Because he'll teach you a way of getting your house off the market and cash in your pocket where he can let you skip the open houses. You get to skip showing your home, having people tromp through your house, setting up times that you got to be home while they walk through, and then you go stand in the corner and be real quiet while they go through, plus you change your house so that it's kind of neutral so that there's, you know, I'd have to take my all my Trump flags down because I don't want to turn somebody off from, by- <laughs> I don't have Trump flags in my house. Just saying. Anyway, just so <laughs> somebody wouldn't be t- turned off of, of buying my house for whatever reason. He can give you a competitive cash offer right then, right now. Get it done. Be finished with it and save you the trouble of selling your home. Dustin Turner with the uh, home team brokered by eXp Realty can give you an instant cash offer without the large hidden fees. So call him. I mean, this is a guy I'm going to use within the next year, year, and two months. It had been a year and a half. Now it's down to a year and two months uh, to sell my home. Dustin Turner is his name, his phone number, 501-952-2969, 501-952-2969, or you can go online if you'd rather do it that way, hometeamsoldit.com. Again, hometeamsoldit.com. Okay, good things going on here in Arkansas. Did you see the uh, press release yesterday, Congressman from Intergy? They're working with other power companies. One of the things that I've always said about electric cars uh, you know, those are called EVs, uh, that there had to be a way that you could travel across the country and could fill up, basically, in a, in a short period of time uh, if it was ever going to really get off the ground. And yesterday, Intergy, working with other energy uh, companies, a kind of a consortium they're putting together, where they're going to have places for you to stop and charge up your car no longer than 30 minutes. Yeah, I mean, this is going to be a game changer. Uh, 
electric vehicles, of course, produce uh, a lot of lower emissions around our cities. Of course, they're powered by power, which is produced by natural gas, coal, nuclear, wind. (laughs) And people tend to forget that. They also are have absolutely essential component, which are batteries, which are extremely expensive to make, mostly by components in China, and they can't be recycled. And they only have a, you know, say, 10-year life. And so just like we have a waste product stream from fossil fuels, we're going to have a tremendous uh, recycling waste product stream from uh, batteries uh, in years ahead. But the good news is we're spending, I think, about several hundred millions of dollars in R&D on battery size, battery life, battery components. Uh, I'm committed to making sure that we have a supply chain for battery components uh, for vehicles and for power stations that uh, are not dependent on China. That's something that we're working on in the National Security Subcommittee that I am the senior Republican on. So it's a game changer. And as you say, that consumer aspect of it is going to rapidly be adapted as more of these vehicles get out on on the road. But the key is, I think, that battery that facilitates that charge in a shorter period of time. Yeah, a- absolutely. By the way, since Harry Reid has gone out of the Senate, you think that they'll get rid of the old batteries and put them in the Yucca Mountains? That's what I hope. We, I mean, why not just uh, we'll take we'll take the, the we'll take the pallets of batteries and put it next to uh, the nuclear waste. And again, we credit. I call Yucca Mountain uh, one of the memorials to Jimmy Carter. Yeah, because it was Jimmy Carter who stopped reprocessing of nuclear waste as a policy item back in the seventies, and he should have known better as a former Naval Academy nuclear uh, trained scientist, but he didn't. And he really has to bear part of the responsibility of why we have substantial public utility nuclear waste waiting around on parking lots to head to Yucca Mountain. The Mr. Rogers of the American presidency, Jimmy Carter. But you don't want to ever be in a canoe and (laughs) see a rabbit swimming. (laughs) Man, I'm I'm telling you, Congressman, there's a lot of people have no idea what we're talking about. Let me me turn it over to uh, Ken Yang. He's got some questions. I got a quick question just about, you know, we're talking about the $1.9 trillion. And I know some people, you you had mentioned some things were taken out, but there's two... $50 $50 million things in there. I wonder if they both stayed in, and then, I, you know, if you could explain exactly what the second one is. So there's $50 million for Planned Parenthood put in there, and then $50 million for, quote, unquote, environmental justice. So did they yeah. both stay in there, and then what in the world is environmental justice? Yeah, I think uh, I think, unfortunately, both are in. I don't know that the... Uh, Funding for Planned Parenthood will uh, survive depending on how it's worded, because, you know, one of the other rules in the Senate is the famous, we're blessed for it, Hyde Amendment. And that may well uh, come into play as the debate takes place in the Senate to strip that money out for Planned Parenthood. But again, look, this is a Democratic policy position. They want Planned Parenthood funded. They claim it's in the name of women's health. And of course, that's madness. Uh, And this environmental justice situation, uh, people over here in the House were reading that going, what? Give me an example of what that means and what is it for and who gets it? 
So it's a payoff to uh, the left-wing fundraising organizations for the Democratic Party. That's the bottom line for what it is. And same for unions. Uh, you're getting the union uh, unions bailed out in this in this bill. You're getting them more political power in this bill. It has nothing to do with COVID nineteen fight. Yeah, nothing at all. In fact, all right. So this new uh, bill that uh, they passed in uh, in the Congress over Ural's uh, fight against it uh, that we're seeing here that's not under the uh, RIFRA law is really going to bring some changes civil rights wise here to the united states if it gets through the senate which i don't think it will but your thoughts about this i mean they're literally saying yesterday in a press conference uh what was it uh human services basically said doctors will be required to perform abortions uh i had the heritage foundation on yesterday during the time that we did the bible guys and he was very clear that churches are going to be attacked uh, and and told they can't teach certain doctrines and things. Well, again, uh, Pelosi and the Democrats now control the House by a tiny majority, the Senate and the Biden presidency. And the Biden presidency, for all those who voted for Joe Biden in your listening audience, uh, let me tell you something. You got Bernie Sanders. Appreciate you thinking Joe was a voice of unity and good old Uncle Joe is going to come in here and be a centrist after 47 years of being a senator, blah, blah, blah. But you got Bernie Sanders and Ocasio-Cortez setting Democratic policy. And those policies include labor unions are always right. We're going to get rid of state right-to-work laws. We're going to get rid of – we're going to have a federal mandate on wages – We're going to raise taxes on wealth. Elizabeth Warren on TV today with a 2% wealth tax for everybody who's a wealthy person in this country. And we're going to tell you how your religion works. We don't care about the freedom of religion of a seven and the practice thereof guaranteed in the First Amendment. We're going to tell you uh, that the secular world dominates your religious belief. And so none of this should surprise any educated voter in America. And we had... Uh, you know, the record turnout, 84 million, I think, voted for uh, Biden and 74 million voted for Trump, whatever the numbers were. That's millions of voters. And so to be surprised by this, I I can't believe who would be surprised by it. But we've got to push back and we are going to push back. And no, I don't think the Senate will go along with these radical policies. But we have to be on our guard since it's 50 plus one over there. And um, and push back. But uh, you see this in this voting bill we're voting on today. Yeah. H.R. one H.R. one, which completely federalizes and centralizes Senate and congressional elections and pays for them with with the taxpayers money. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, I mean, these things are longstanding policies of the progressive left to maintain power and dominate power over middle America, traditional American cultural norms, and our free market capitalist system. Congressman, we're out of time. I'll get back with you again next Wednesday. Let's do a little bit more of a deep dive on that that election bill. I'd like to talk uh, more in depth with you about that next week. Thanks for the time. We appreciate you. All right. Congressman uh, French Hill coming up after Rush and, um, you know, a way of making some money. We don't make, I don't make any 
you know, excuses that we do make money here. Uh, we will be back and we will talk with Congressman Bruce Westerman. All right. We'll continue here on Dave Ellswick's show. We should be hearing from Congressman Bruce Westerman anytime. He wants to talk about his new voter ID act. It's really got a lot of good things in it. I think it's going to, we're going to have to wait for a couple of years uh, before we see any fruition on it just because uh, the Democrats are in control in the House. That's just the way it is. And Nancy Pelosi controls the floor uh, and which bills get to come up and which bills don't. All right. Don't forget about David Lucas and his uh, brochure for you. Uh, that is the ultimate retirement planning checklist about your retirement. There are a lot of moving parts to a retirement and you need to make sure your T's are crossed and your I's are dotted when it comes to your retirement because getting off on just one little thing you could be leaving the rails so to speak uh, when it comes to your retirement you don't want to do that remember my number one adage you have to make sure your money outlives you you don't want to outlive your money last thing you want to do is go to the store buy groceries and you don't have any money in the bank you want to make sure your money outlives you and that's what david lucas will help you do now get a hold of him and get the copy of this uh, uh brochure and then uh, make a time that you can get in and talk to him and talk about your retirement one-on-one with him or one of his staff 501-222-3315 501-222-3515 you just uh, give uh, them a call or go to davidlucasfinancial.com and they'll help you out mm-hmm. off we go to uh, talk to bruce westerman congressman of fourth district and congressman how you doing today Good morning, Dave. I'm I'm doing well back up here in in D.C. trying to fight the good fight. Yeah, well, you got you better have a lot of fight in you because the Democrats are throwing a lot of stuff at you. Yeah, you know, if last week wasn't bad enough with the Equality Act, with the uh, federal land grabs and mineral withdrawals, and the uh, 1.9 trillion dollar uh, Pelosi payoff bill. Uh, just look at what we've got this week. No, yeah. HR one, their number one priority to federalize elections, do away with voter ID, um, make the FEC totally partisan, uh, chunk in six dollars of, of taxpayer money for every dollar of campaign funds raised. You you can't make it up, Dave. Yeah, I I understand. They they just yeah. don't quit. They they never. They're like the Energizer Bunny on bad ideas. Uh, and we've also got this is kind of flying under the radar, but it's their uh, defund the police efforts from last Congress that they're they're taking back up with a so-called uh, police reform bill that is is highly partisan. We had a and a bipartisan bill that Senator Tim Scott and Pete Stauber, a friend of mine from Minnesota, who was a police officer for 20 or 30 years before coming to Congress, they. They have worked on a, a bill, uh, and then uh, you know the Democrats just tossed it in the last Congress, and they've they've got this partisan bill out there now. So, uh, and it's not going to stop yet. They're going to have more uh, more bad ideas as we go forward. 
Now, a quick question for you. Uh, their lead over you the, the, that they have is very, very small. On something like uh, th- this funding the police and things of that nature, are there enough Democrats that will uh, cross over to you all to put a stop to this kind of stuff? Um, you would think so, but I kind of doubt it. You know, some of the, the other bills that have been passed, uh, as long as the filibuster stays in the Senate, there's really no no chance of those being signed into law, but yet it's a messaging tool uh, for the Democrats. And, uh, you know, it's, that's all they've been passing lately. The, the, the one that's got a real threat is the, uh, the $1.9 trillion dollar uh, bail out with Pelosi's subway and Schumer's bridge and uh, pay off the teachers unions and bailing out Democrat cities. And, and somewhere in there, there's about 9% of the funds for, uh, for actually addressing the, the pandemic, which all the numbers indicates on the, on the downhill slide. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, that's the one that through reconciliation could, could possibly get through the Senate. Of course, the Senate's going to take out the, $15 an hour minimum wage, it looks like. Uh, but <clears throat> I can't imagine some of these other bills going through the Senate, so it makes you wonder why are they wasting their time passing these crazy leftist, uh, far-left uh, agenda items through the House when they could be working on other stuff. Well, I, I agree wholeheartedly with what you're saying. The Equality Act, uh, part of it that came out, that a lot of people didn't know about is that it it does not have to uh, pass through the gate of RIFRA, which means that uh, the federal government is going to be able to tell churches, going to be able to tell hospitals, going to be able to tell a lot of different people exactly how they have to do things uh, because uh, you have no conscience when the government is involved. Oh, exactly. And it, it's, they're attacking religious freedom. They're attacking uh, free speech, uh, and they're getting ready to come after the Second Amendment. If you if you thought you know some of these things were bad so far, wait till they start putting their gun control bills out there. And I, I had a constituent back home send me an email yesterday that I was I was reading early this morning. Uh, just you know, well thought out, well researched, talking about what the Democrats are doing on the Second Amendment. Mm-hmm. And how they're they're not going to stop there, you know. If they'll if they'll take away your Second Amendment right, they'll take away any right. And you know, free speech, freedom to assemble, uh, religious freedom, all of that's on the table when they uh, you know come in and start trying to take these these other rights. You know, if you're a, if you're a, a woman, the Nineteenth Amendment, there's there's nothing to say they won't attack that one. Now that one, they they probably won't, but none of them are are sacred anymore when they start uh, chipping away at, at others. And it's really bothersome to me what they're doing to the, to the first amendment through big tech, yes. through cancel culture. Uh, and by the way, you know, uh, we found out yesterday that Dr. Seuss is offensive. That Yeah. I, I, who would have thunk it? I first thing I did for my grandson when he hit three years old was to buy the learning to read segment of Dr. Seuss's books. So I guess I'm teaching him to be a white supremacist. I don't oh I didn't my know. Gosh. Yeah. That's uh that's the world we're in and uh, I'm right up here in the epicenter of it in in Fort Pelosi where they still have the high fences and razor wire surrounding the world's 
uh, symbol of the beacon, beacon of freedom, the U.S. Capitol. Yeah, you would have loved my joke yesterday. I was talking about in Minneapolis, Minnesota, because it's getting close to that time that uh, the trial is to start uh, dealing uh, with the black guy that was killed because uh, some police officer put his uh, knee on his throat or whatever. And they were talking about they've got concrete barricades, high, uh, you know, metal fencing, and uh, they've got uh, barbed wire on the top. And I just said on the air, I said, oh, it looks like our capital in Washington, D.C. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. The truth. Yeah, Dave, I, I, I was with Tucker Carlson a couple of weeks ago at a little uh, kind of retreat thing we had with a few members. And. And he was talking about how in the George Floyd case, the the autopsy shows that it he didn't die of uh, officiation from the police officer's knee on his neck. But he says, you know, the media just it's not been, been reported that. yet, but it's going to get reported because mm. it's going to become a major part of that case. Yeah. It's going to be interesting to see what happens. Yeah, it's going to be interesting. <laughs> that other voice you're hearing in the background, uh, Congressman, and before I get to your Voter ID Act, Here's uh, Ken Yang is here with me, and uh, he's got a question for you. Let me throw him in here. Yeah, actually, I actually was going to ask about the Voter ID Act, if I can go ahead yeah, and do go it. Ahead. Yeah, yeah, So, um, you know, you want to audit these states that uh, have some discrepancies, which I think every every Republican would be for. You know, my, my question about that act, you know, if it were, were to pass, so what if the audit comes back and there's some – extreme discrepancy to overturn an election will there be in in your bill is there are there any ramifications for something like that if it does happen yeah that's a a great question ken and there's already 38 states that do audits but what we're uh what we're doing in the voter id act is uh suggesting that those audits be done within 30 days of the election and that the audits be developed and implemented by the states, that they're posted online and made transparent so that the voters in each state can see um, the audit results of their elections. And plus, we're providing best practices, which in 2002, the Help America Vote Act was passed as a result of what happened in the 2000 election. And it's up this um, Election Assistance Commission which was really a resource for states to improve their their voting systems. And, and Florida, which was the center of the 2000 election, has really emerged as kind of a poster child of how to run good elections. And they've done it based on these recommendations from the uh, or best practices from this Election Assistance Commission and the Help America Vote Act. Uh, so what we did is amend that Help America Vote Act and, um, you know, my premise going into it is we cannot dictate to states how to run elections. Constitutionally, the state legislatures uh, run the elections. But what we can dictate is that there's transparency and that best practices are used, however the states try uh, determine to, to carry out their elections. So to answer your question, um, you know, the idea is to get the information out there in a transparent way. And the state legislatures are the ones that are responsible for, you know, handling discrepancies, making laws on how those discrepancies are handled. And it, and I think we're seeing across the country as state legislatures meet 
that they're reining in some of those powers that they dictated to secretaries of states and governors and other executive branch uh, offices. And even I think they're going to, um, you know, rein in the ability for, for courts to step in and, and make uh, rulings on election cases, you know, to change uh, established election law in each state. So, no, there's not the, – the only thing that's really got teeth in the bill is for a state to participate in the Help, Amer- Help America Vote Act program and receive funding from the federal government. They have to um, ad- adopt these practices and that, that power is given to the U.S. Attorney General. Yeah. Well, but just the idea com- yeah. is oh, well, yeah. the way the states like yeah. federal money, that's pretty yeah. big teeth you got there, Congressman. <laughs> well, just and just a quick comment. You know, your answer, great. Is and I just want to comment. Isn't it great when our elected officials answer with the questions that's based on states' rights? I love it. Yeah, that's great. It. All right, so Congressman, well, can, you know, I, go I, ahead. I was in the state legislature when we passed the the voter ID law, and Arkansas has a photo ID um, and my bill just keeps voter ID voter identification in the process whereas the Democrats want to totally take it out would nullify mm-hmm. Arkansas's voter ID law along with every other state that's got one all right we're going to come back and continue and finish up our conversation with Congressman Bruce Westerman uh, we got to get a break in he's the uh, representative from the fourth district stay tuned we got still more good questions to ask him here on the dave ellswick show all right we've got uh, seven minutes left with congressman uh, bruce westerman fourth district congressman isn't it great i i come on and and typically in my listening area we get you know congressman hill and congressman westerman uh crawford joins me every once in a while womack well, it's kind of a cold day, and you know where that he joins me, but he does join me. But we got four good Republicans mm. on the House side. We got good two good senators on the Senate side, and yep. uh, that's not to be taken lightly. When I first got here, hey, Congressman, mm. it wasn't that way. It just wasn't yeah, that we've way. Got a, we've got a good group that I, I serve with up here, and uh, all honorable men that uh, love the country and uh, you know we we have to take votes that uh, sometimes it's a lose-lose situation but uh, I know the heart of these guys that I serve with and I know they're here for the right reason Uh. and wanting to do what's what's best for the country Um, and there's a lot of people like that in Congress um, unfortunately, there's there's a few, but there's not near as many on the other side of the act. Uh-huh. All right, so let me ask this question. You've got this Voter ID Act, the verification and oversight for transparent elections, registration, and identification. You were talking about how you helped uh, pirate or pilot the Voter ID Act through here in the state legislature. Uh, they're tightening that up. Because uh, you know people were showing their IDs, or somebody walked in and didn't have a, uh, an ID, uh, they would say, "Well, I'm this person," and so you could sign this form that you attested under law that you were that person, and you got to vote. Uh, they're changing that now. You must have a, a photo ID to be able to vote. They're going to they're going to pass that, I believe, this session. What what are you hoping yeah. here? 
Let me let me ask. What are you hoping right now, uh, Congressman? Uh, are you are you, I mean, your chances of getting this out on the floor with uh, Nancy Pelosi in charge is not good. Uh, are you hoping for twenty two? Is that really what you're trying to do? And and using this time to educate people about it? Yeah, and. You know, I'm the eternal optimist. I've, I uh, I filed these bills hoping we could at least have a have a hearing on them, but it'll show the difference between what uh, Pelosi and the left are doing compared to what uh, Republicans would do if we were in control, which we should win the majority back in 2022. I agree. If you just look at the historical uh, precedent. Usually, the if the White House and the House majority are the same party. Uh, the majority party loses uh, an average of 27 seats, and we need to win five seats to get back in the majority. But when we talk about voter ID, you know, I, I was I was actually the majority leader in the state house when we passed it, and you know, all the arguments about uh, this is going to disenfranchise people from voting. Some people don't have IDs. I mean, you can't you can't open a bank account. You can't buy alcohol. You can't buy tobacco. Uh, there's very few things you can do without a photo ID right now. And to say that that's too much of a too hard of a standard for voting, I think is is disingenuous. But even in Arkansas, when we passed that law, and we had to override uh, a veto of a Democrat governor to do it. Um, the state put in the key that every in every county that would provide a free ID to anyone who didn't have one. So uh, that's a common argument of the left that you're going to disenfranchise voters by making them prove who they are when they vote. Which to me, it's disenfranchising voters if you uh, if you let people vote without proving who they are and saying just you know anybody can walk in off the street and vote. All right, well, uh, Dave, I've got to jump into uh, to another meeting here, so I'm going to have to wrap up. Okay, quick. well, you go ahead and, and, and do the business you've been elected to do. We'll talk to you again next week. How's that? Yep, good to talk to you. Good okay. to hear from you, Ken. Y'all have Sir? a good day. All right, see you later. Okay, Congressman Bruce Westerman, that's, that noise you were hearing every once in a while, they were calling people uh, to their committees and things. <laughs> Get to your committee room now. <clears throat> We're going to lash you with wet spaghetti 50 times, whatever they're going to do. I laugh at the idea of, <laughs> of Westerman having lunch with like Ocasio-Cortez or something. Oh, is that how, funny? How, how would that be? How would that go? It would be an interesting lunch. It turned <laughs> into a food fight before it was over with. I, I thought it was kind of cool. He said he was he sat down and was talking with Tucker Carlson. Yeah. thought that was cool, and Tucker was sharing with them. Of course, there's a story out there. Uh, it has been percolating for some time, but the George Floyd trial starts here, I think, next week, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, and when it does, uh, there's some things that are going to come out that some people will not like. That's right. And it, that's and, right. and that's why you have a trial, yeah. that everything gets, uh, that's the thing. gets also, out there. It was already Some of it was already out there, but guess what? The news never reported on it. Really? Did, did they really do that? Is that really happening? But then if you were to say anything, you're a racist. You're a bigot. You're, oh, if, you, if you said anything uh, and you did it on social media, yeah, they just drop your account. Yeah, and they'll fire you. <laughs> your, your company you work with will fire oh, you. Oh, man, it's crazy right now. It is really, really crazy uh, in, in this country. I never in my 
wildest imaginings thought uh, that in my lifetime, I thought it would come up sometime, but didn't think in my lifetime that 1984 would become a reality. And it has. And the reason it has is because of technology. Technology always is a double-edged sword. Yes. There's a good side, and then if they want to use it for a bad side, they can. That's right. And uh, Twitter, Facebook, Google, are all show- and Amazon all showing uh, how they can make it into bad stuff. Yep. They're doing Ken, it's good to see you. Good it's to great you. to see you healthy. Thank you. And uh, I'm glad that you're back. We'll uh, have you back on in a couple of weeks. Sounds like a plan. You're a viable voice here in Arkansas <clears throat> for the Arkansas Party uh, uh, GOP, and be good to have you the here. The real Republican. Now, you're not going to join uh, Common Core, right? No. Okay, I just wanted to. <laughs> All right, that's it. <laughs> that's our break today. You have a good day. Ken's going to have a good day. I'm going to have a great day. It's going to feel like it's 72 out. I'm going to hit the weights today. I'll talk to you tomorrow, 6 a.m.